الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وبعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته The scholars of Tafsir and the scholars of Sirah they often mention that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discusses the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he subhanahu wa ta'ala narrates incidents in the life of the Sahaba in the Quran he does so because of the great benefit that this story has for the Muslims at a large now whilst this ayah and this story will be discussed and recited in tomorrow's taraweeh we'll talk about the story today inshallah ta'ala and then extract the benefits of the story tomorrow allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in surah at-tawbah verses number 118 to 19. he says subhanahu wa ta'ala wa ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala narrates to us a story, an incident that happened in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullahu ta'ala reports on the authority of Ka'ab ibn Malik rahimahullahu ta'ala who tells us that this story was about him and he says radiyallahu ta'ala an he says and he speaks his entire story from a first person mode he says radiyallahu ta'ala an he said that I didn't participate in the battle of Badr but I was present in the bay'ah of al-Aqaba and we know from the hadith of the Prophet where he said that whoever pledges the allegiance of Al-Aqaba has been promised Jannah. So he said, ta'ala, I took pride, I'm not pride, I was very happy that I was from those people who took that pledge in Bayt Al-Aqaba. And he said, I wouldn't have exchanged that for the Battle of Badr just because of the virtues that were attached to this pledge and those who were present in this pledge. He says, ta'ala, and I participated in every single battle with the Prophet He mentions that one day the Prophet commanded the Muslims to prepare and get ready for a war, the battle of Tabuk. So he said that this was a time, Qaddar Allah, that he was the most healthiest, the most strongest that he'd ever been. He said, this was a time where he also had two strong, fierce female camels. He had no excuses to miss this war. He saw the Sahaba, he saw his companions prepare and get ready for the war. And because he was at his utmost or his highest peak of his strength, he said to himself that I don't need to prepare, I'll just inshallah ta'ala leave with the Prophet when they leave. He kept on procrastinating. Until when the Prophet ﷺ left with his companions, he said to himself, since his camel is extremely fierce, strong, fast camel, he said to himself, I'll meet them in the battle. He procrastinated once more. The news had come that the Prophet ﷺ was now on his way back. 
and Ka'b ibn Malik had left Medina. It was a tradition amongst the companions of the Prophet that it's only the munafiqun, only the hypocrites that wouldn't participate in the battle. The Prophet once, whilst he was sitting in a tabuk, he discussed to some of his companions requesting and asking about the story of Ka'b ibn Malik. Because as he would do وسلم, in every battle, he would ask the companions, what did this companion do? What did that companion do? So he asked about Ka'b ibn Malik. He hadn't seen Ka'b ibn Malik. So he asked, what did Ka'b ibn Malik do in this battle? One of the people, one of the companions of the Prophet said, Ya Rasulullah, he stayed home with his clothes out of pride and arrogance. As in indicating that he was from the Munafiqun. To which Talha replied, saying, No, Ya Rasulullah, we only know good of this man, Ka'ab. We only know good of this man. How can we associate or accuse him of nifaq, of hypocrisy? The Prophet was now on his way back to Al Medina. As he was making his way back to Al-Madinah, Ka'b ibn Malik narrates that he saw the munafiqoon gather in the masjid of the Prophet because it was the sunnah of the Prophet that whenever he would return back to Medina, he would perform two raka'ah in the masjid. And there and then he would discuss and sit with all of those people who missed the battle and listen to their stories and listen to their excuses whilst knowing they were lying. So Ka'b ibn Malik said, I saw the munafiqoon, I saw the people who missed the battle. Filling up the masjid as the Prophet ﷺ was on his way back. And I heard them all making the excuses and lying to the Prophet ﷺ. And I was afraid, he said, I was afraid to see the Prophet ﷺ. And I thought to myself, he says, Should I make a lie like how they are lying? Just to save myself? Or should I tell him the truth? He said, If I were to lie to him, I know that Allah Jalla wa Ala would. would, would Show me as a liar to the Prophet. So I approached him and he saw me. I said, Salaamu alaykum to him. And he replied, Wa alaykum salam in a very angry way. Ka'ab Malik said, I saw the anger in the face of the Prophet until he asked me, Oh Ka'ab, where were you? Ka'ab Malik said, Ya Rasulullah. I am the strongest that I've ever been. I have two fierce camels that have been trained and prepared for war. With Ya Rasulullah, I don't have an excuse. The Prophet said to him, Be gone until Allah tells me of your affair and tells us what to do with you. So Ka'ad Ma'ayyad he left the masjid. He inquired with some of the Sahaba if there was anyone like him, anyone had a similar situation to him. And they informed him that two other elderly, elderly, elderly Sahaba, Hilal and Murar also were going through what Ka'ab ibn Malik went through. They also didn't participate in this battle. But they were old. They were old. They didn't have an excuse, but they were old. Ka'ab ibn Malik said to himself, Ka'ab ibn Malik then narrates that Allah revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that they would boycott Ka'ab and these two other companions for 50 days. No one would be able to buy and sell from them. No one would treat them as their brothers or their companions. Ka'ab Malik said, because I was the elder when he said, I used to go to the masjid to offer the prayers. When I would go in, I'd say, Salaamu Alaikum, and no one would reply. 
I'll go to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Prophet of Mercy, and say to him, Salaamu Alaikum, and I wouldn't hear a reply. I'll look to his lips. Maybe he'd utter them quietly, and I wouldn't see his lips moving, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Kabdu Malik said, I'll pray Salah, and sometimes in Salah, I'll look towards him to see him looking towards me, and he wouldn't even look towards me. But then I would feel him looking towards me, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So I would look towards him, and he would turn his head away. Every time he wanted to see some mercy, he was shown, he said, harshness upon harshness. Ka'bud Malik narrates, he said, that I went to the garden of Abu Qatada. Abu Qatada was Ka'bud Malik's cousin. So I went to the garden of Abu Qatada. And I said to Abu Qatada, Assalamu alaykum ya Abu Qatada. Abu Qatada didn't reply. I said to him, Assalamu alaykum ya Abu Qatada. He didn't reply once more. And then he said again loudly, Assalamu alaykum, don't you know that I love Allah's messenger? Abu Qatada looks towards his cousin Ka'ab and he said, As for that, Allahu A'lam. As for that, then Allah Jalla wa'ala knows best. Ka'ab al-Malik said, I weeped and I weeped and I weeped. I jumped over his wall of his garden and I ran to the market. And as I ran to the market to go towards my home crying, all of the companions are so harshness in their faces. None of them, none of them greeted me. None of them comforted me. None of them spread their salam to me. Until I heard a voice saying, O oh, Ka'ab, O oh, Ka'ab, O oh, Ka'ab, O oh, Ka'ab. So I look around in, in, in happiness. Someone of the companions is giving me comfort. To see a Christian farmer sent from the Christians. And I said to him, what do you want? He said, are you Ka'ab ibn Malik? He said, yes, I'm Ka'ab ibn Malik. So I have a letter from you. I have a letter for you from the king of the Christians. Ka'ab ibn Malik said, I was very well versed. And I was able to read. So I opened the scroll and I said, Oh Ka'ab ibn Malik, the one that's been treated harshly by the Prophet of Mercy. Come to us and we'll give you palaces, we'll give you women, we'll give you wealth and we'll treat you with mercy like how you deserve. Ka'ab Malik said, I saw this scroll, I read this letter, and I knew instantly this was a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I threw the scroll away, and I went to my home, and I wept, and I wept, and I wept to my wife. Until after 40 nights and 40 days had passed, and it was treated in this same very harsh way. The Prophet sallallahu was given revelation by Allah jalla wa'ala, that the wives of all of these three men, must now stay away from them and they must not have any relations with them and they must separate from their beds and they must not touch one another. Ka'ab Malik, he said, I saw the wives of the other two elderly men come to the Prophet and ask the Prophet if they could at least prepare some food for them or stay in their home because they were old in, they were old in age. So I thought to myself, or someone said to him, why don't you ask the Prophet for the same thing? He said, no, how can I? I'm strong. I'm able. I feel embarrassed to ask this question. 40 days, 45 days, 50 days and 50 nights. He was treated in an extremely harsh manner, boycotted by the companions, boycotted by the Prophet He said, on the 50th morning, I stood upon my roof to perform Salatul Fajr. Some of the scholars of Islam mentioned that he was so afraid now he just couldn't pray in the masjid. 
due to the way the Sahaba were treating him. So he used to join the jama'ah in his home or upon the roof of his home. And as I was praying salah, I heard a call that made me fall out of happiness. A caller stood up and said, O Ka'ab, O Ka'ab, the son of Malik, Allah Jalla and his Prophet وسلم, have forgiven you. Allah Jalla says, And as for those three people that stayed behind, until the earth became extremely harsh for them and difficult for them. وَضَاقَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ أَنفُسُهُمْ And themselves, they found everything extremely difficult. وَذَنُّوا أَلَّا مَلْجَأَ مِنَ اللَّهِ And they thought there would be no escape or no help from Allah. إِلَّا إِلَيْهِ ثُمَّ تَابَ عَلَيْهِمْ لِيَتُوبُوا But Allah Jalla wa'ala turned to them because they turned to Allah Jalla wa'ala. إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who forgives, who turns, he is the most merciful. Ka'ad echo around the streets of Medina. I ran to the Prophet I ran to the masjid and there I saw him standing up with his hands outstretched. I said, O Ka'ab, O Ka'ab, you've been forgiven. O Ka'ab, O Ka'ab, you've been forgiven. He said, I ran to the Prophet and I hugged him and I kissed him and I begged him for forgiveness and he said to me, you've been forgiven, you've been forgiven, you've been forgiven. Many stories like this have been mentioned in the seerah of the Prophet Many of these stories can be found in the books of hadith. But only a few of them have been narrated to us in Al-Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala related this story to us in Al-Qur'an. So we can read and recite and ponder about the forgiveness of Ka'ab and his situation and what happened to him and his companions. Because Allah Jalla wants us to reflect and extract many lessons about this story. And we'll talk about these lessons inshaAllah ta'ala in tomorrow's class. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us forgiveness like he gave Ka'ab ibn Malik. We ask Allah Jalla to enable us to answer the call of anything that requests from Allah Jalla like the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa alayhi wa sallam. Wa alayhi wa sallam.